The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so we are on Ashrei part nine. And because we only have one person here, <laughs> then uh, what we're going to do this time is to make up for the, uh, not that we're in a race, but to make up for the fact that we spent the last three shirim on just the same three or two and a half psukim. We're going to read on in the Radak and get the bigger picture uh, just to, you know, cover some ground. And then on Thursday, the plan will be to come back and like actually define stuff and get the flow. Okay. So we, the last puzzle we did was Redox basic is a translation is uh, all of your actions, sorry, all of your creations praise you Hashem or thank you Hashem and your pious ones will bless you. And Redox, um, main idea there was, well, the main question is how can all of Hashem's actions thank him, right? Human beings are the only ones who have das. So his, his, um, uh, his answer was the fact that you, human beings are the only ones who can understand things, but by understanding the design in all of the universe, and then by understanding how Hashem provides for it, then it's as if those things are praising God. Okay. Is that, no. Um, so, so literally the human beings are the ones to praise God, but it, when human beings recognize the Chachmas Hashem and how he provides for everything, then it's as if those creations are praising God. Okay. Uh, and then Chasidecha, he says, does not mean you're like Chasidim in action. It means Chesed means excess or extra. So it means people who are constantly involved in recognizing the bracha that comes from Hashem. Those people are going to be the ones who can bless Hashem because they're the only ones who are perceptive to the Chachma and everything at all times. Okay, so let's go on to the new Pasuk. So the glory or honor, um, however you want to translate Kavod, of your kingship, they will declare and your might they will speak about. And we've got to remember the Redox principle here that his 10 interchangeable words, according to his 10 interchangeable words, Malchus is one of them. And then Gvura is another one. So technically speaking, when it says, it's saying the same thing. And not only is it saying the same thing, but you can substitute any of these 10 terms for any of those two. Okay. So to me, that's a little shocking because we, what we said before is that, like, let's say, for example, um, you know, in Puzzle Zion, Zechar Rav Tuvacha Yabiu, a recollection of the abundant good of your abundant goodness they will express and your righteousness they will sing. So if Radak wants to say that Sit Kasucha and Tuvacha are like, you know, you could swap them with anything. So then the essential idea is Zechar, Yabiu, and Yurenenu. Like, you just kind of like, take out those terms and then uh, say it applies to all the good stuff. But here, like, what are we going to say? Uh, wait, what are the six, six terms again? You know, I think I need to keep one page open to the six terms. Yeah. So covered is swappable. Actually, when I, I started to highlight this tonight, covered is swappable. Machuska swappable and Gvraska is swappable. So all you get in the puzzle is Yomero and Yadavero, right? So like, what's he going to say, you know? Which is why, like, you know, this is, it's moments like these when you would say that that it makes more sense to, like, interpret it like it means specifically your machos. So let's pretend, let's ignore the Radak. How would you interpret um, the glory of your kingship they will say and your might they will speak? Either in isolation or in the flow. Like, like we come up with an interpretation of that? 
Like, what is God's malchus? That's going to be the question. What is the covet of his malchus? And then uh, what is his gvura? And, you know, you could ask the question, what's the difference between Yomeru and Yadaberu? Um, you know, if I had to venture a guess, I'd say Yomeru means that they'll, like, declare, whereas Yadaberu means they'll, they'll talk about. But uh, but I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about that. So what can we come up with for this before we look at the redoc? Maybe it would help to uh, bounce them off of each other. Like, what was the difference between Kavod Machus and then Gvura? Gvura um, is not necessarily about your uh, Malchus, is it? Not necessarily. No, you can you can have a Gibor. In fact, I, I would almost say that the Mashalim are a little opposite. Like, a king is not necessarily like a uh, Gibor, usually like physical strength, you know, or like military might. I guess if you said military might, then 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 that could uh, then they could go together. But if you're just talking about the the analogy of being a king, the glory of the king is different is very different from like the strength of a strong man. You know, that's good for a step. Well, here's one thing, is the Gavura is something that affects you. Meaning if, if you are, I don't know, if you're a soldier and you're faced against a, a strong opponent, that like poses a direct threat to you. Kavod Malchus is something that you are like admiring. It's true that the Malchus pertains to you, that, they, that he rules over you, but the Kavod is just the glory of it, you know? So the glory impacts you, but in a like beholding way, like you behold it. Whereas the Gvura is something that like can actually have a direct effect on you. You know, it's possible that the next puzzle should be read in conjunction with this also. Let's just see, because the next two can both deal with Malchus. So let's just read the next two before we do the Radak. Um, Lahodia, oh yeah, see, there's even one sentence. There you go. Lahodia livneha adam gvurosav, to make known to mankind his Gvuros, uchavod hadar machusa, and the glory of the... Uh, the, the splendor of his kingship. So this is one of those ABBA patterns, right? Uh, you've got Kavod Malchus, then Gvura, then Gvura, and then Kavod Malchus again. So that would indicate that this is like one unit. And it's a little redundant, right? Because if they're already talking about, so what's the story? Let's bring it into a story, even though it's not really a story. The glory, so these people are talking about the glory of, of, your, of God's Malchus, Oh, they're, sorry, they're, they're, they're proclaiming it. And then they're talking about his gvura and why are they doing that? Or what, what is the outcome? Is making known to people his gvura and the glory of his malchus. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. So like, I guess the question is, is are, are, are the people who are initially saying it in Yod Aleph the same as the people to whom they're declaring it? Like, is it amongst themselves or is it to other people? I would think other people, other people, right? Because otherwise, it's a little redundant, you know. Um, yeah, I definitely think there there are different things. I mean, maybe not when applied to Hashem, but just in the general sense, when you have like a malchus or whatever, you can have like a strong doesn't mean that there's glory to it, right? Yeah, that's an aspect of it being, I guess, righteous or like right, honorable. Yeah, so that's raising a good question, which is, what's the nature of this uh, kavod? 
right? That right. comes with it. Like, uh, like for example, like a, uh, I mean, uh, not to use this as an example for example, but like a bully is strong, but right. you don't give him cover, you know, yeah, like, you beat up all the kids. Right. You know? Yeah. Not, yeah. Right. So then that, are you, oh, so interesting. Are you, are you using that to answer the question about what the relationship is between the two psukim? Or am I inferring that from your words? Uh, well, sort of, yeah. That, in other words, the uh, not all gavuras feed into kavod of the uh, to kavod malchus, but this one does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. So, what is the difference between a gavura that feeds into? Well, okay. So then, okay. Well, I, I can think of an example. What's the opposite of a bully? As a superhero, <laughs> right? So, a superhero has gavura. And the more people talk about him, so it, it, it's, 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 I get, okay. I mean, this is like, a, I'm getting the sense of like a positive feedback loop, feedback loop, not, it could be within the same populace, but it could also be among people that this guy has reputation or those few human beings, just to, before we talk about God, this guy has a reputation of his supremacy and, um, and that reputation is, expressed in his power but the power that power can take one of two features if you're a bully and you use your power to harm people so then that doesn't enhance your 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 cover it takes away from it you know unless you're talking about fear but that's not the type of cover we're talking about here we're talking like positive cover but if you channel your gura for good then that feeds back into your glory which then makes people turn to your strength even more and then that's like a positive feedback loop. so maybe that's the idea with um with hashem I mean, this is an interesting thing. Okay, I'm I'm kind of working this into the um, the uh, the the track we've been taking so far, which is this is about recognizing the chachma of Hashem in in nature. So there's definitely a thing where where there, like there's a cycle where people who recognize the chachma in nature are impressed by it, and they're impressed by it. They're, the fact that they view it as a thing that is glorious and and wondrous causes them to investigate it more in an attempt to harness it. When they harness it, like the power, and use it, then that helps them to appreciate things even more, and that gives greater glory to the thing. So in other words, it, it's a, the the further you try to tap into the gavura, the further you like lean into, into the gavura and take advantage of it, then the more it bolsters the glory of the mahus, which in turn leads to further insights into tapping into the kavu, into the gavura, and then back and forth and back and forth. You know, like physics, you know, Einstein discovers relativity. That leads to the development of the atomic bomb. The atomic bomb unlocks new secrets of understanding the structure of like, you know, uh, atoms. That leads to even more capacity of, uh, of stuff. That doesn't happen with a, with a human being necessarily. Like it's just it, you know, like you have the glory and then the cover and then the gavur and then that's it. Right. All right. So that's what I would say. But let's see what the redox says. Okay, Radak says on Yud Aleph, Kavod. Okay, Bir Osam, you see where we are? Bottom left on Yud Aleph. Bir Osam Habrahos, when they, sorry, Bir Osam Habrahos, the Kavod in those Brahos. So he just got them saying that the reason why Chazal instituted Brahos is that you recognize the Chachman of Hashem in everything in daily life. So in those Brahos, they will mention the kavod of your malchus and your gvura. Because you are the melech over everything. 
and you created everything. And in your omnipotence, uh, and you're in your might and in your omnipotence come the existence of all creations. Okay, so he's connecting it to the brachos, which is not how I would have said it, but just to clarify, the way he's reading the flow is like this. Yoducha Hashem Kol So all of your creations acknowledge you, Hashem. How? By the chasidachi of Archucha, by the chasidim, the people who are constantly thinking into your actions, by them blessing you. And when they bless you, they are yomru kavod machuscha. They are saying the cover of your machus. And again, if you think about it literally, this is literally what we say in every bracha: Baruch Ata Hashem Elokinu Melacha Olam. Right? We acknowledge the sovereignty over the world and frame it as machus. And then we state the uh, the gevura that it's talking about. And again, see, so now I'm comfortable with him saying that gevura could really mean, you know, any good actions. Because all the not all the brachos talk about God's power. Like on thunder, you say shakocha ugvrasa male olam. Like 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 written okay. Pause this for a second here. Okay. Anyway, so um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. So now you can feel free to do the swapping thing with the uh, the gavura because if you're talking about brachos, some brachos highlight the gavura, some brachos highlight the fact that God, you know, is uh, just the creator. Some brachos highlight the fact that God helps stuff, you know. But in all of these things, then they are declaring the, the glory of His mafus. Let's see if he goes on and um, and uh, continues it into the next kasuk. Uh, Okay, this is answering the question. Just as they bless and acknowledge between themselves, like by themselves, so do they need to make known to other people, who don't know and who don't recognize. So this is answering the question that we said, is it to the same population or a different population? So he's taking Yud Aleph to be uh, amongst themselves in private, they're engaging in this, but then they're also doing it in order to get other people to acknowledge uh, this who wouldn't be able to do it on their own. Okay, so this is, that's weird. What's weird? I mean, because well, he's applying the both. I, I mean, maybe, I think maybe it's just the first half of the process. Well, I think he's, I mean, he's answering the question. He's trying to explain the redundancy. He's saying, let's just, it's easier to see in this format here. So, so this is what these people who are giving, are saying brachos are doing. They are themselves reciting the brachos and acknowledging the, the uh, kavod of God's machos, right? But then what that does is, remember, these people, these are people who are Hasidim, which the Radak defines as people who are constantly thinking about Masa Breshis. And understanding it. And that's something that most people can't do. So what these people do, because they value the knowledge that they're experiencing, they spread it to the people who aren't able to do it. So it's not, it ends up not being redundant because, and it, it explains the puzzle nicely because it's the hodia is to teach, you know, it's like make known to other people. Right. Yeah. The only weird thing that he doesn't explain, which we also didn't explain, not that we need to, is hadar. Like what's the word hadar doing in there? And Hadar is hard to translate anyway. You know, I know people translate as like majesty or whatever. Okay, now let's see if he connects this to the other Mahus Pasuk. Mahusha, okay. 
Um, ina, so, so the Pazak So your kingship is the kingship of, um, what do you call, of, uh, here, is an eternal kingship, and your dominion is for all generations. Okay, so the question is, is this an idea? Does it fit into the previous two ideas? Like, does it fit into the previous two Pesachim about the Brachos? Or is it going back to the entire framework of, uh, of the first half? What, do you, what would you say before we look at the Radak? Yeah, in other words, we, we, when we were initially going through this, we saw that it does seem like a unit because these three Pesachim alone talk about the Malchus Hashem. We've seen him connected to so we would stand to reason is attached to that same idea. Uh, but then the other question is, does this fit into the, is this, you know, this could be a separate idea. Like there's definitely echoes of the um, earlier psukim of uh, you know, the generation to generation thing or the idea of blessing God's name forever. You know, Vavar Hashim Khalalam the Ed, Ahalala Shim Khalalam the Ed. I mean, it doesn't mention Malchus, I guess, before, until now. Right. So it's meant, I guess, in the same vein as fine forever. Like it's right. So let me, let me approach the question from a different way, just to, to highlight it. So, in when we were doing the, um, trying to figure out the theme in the entire thing, so we noticed that there's the two themes, right? So there's the yellow theme here is about praising God, okay? Eight is the actual contents of the praise. And then we were bothered, sorry, not eight. Uh, blue is the contents of the praise. So turns out that there's this weird thing here. We weren't sure what to do with 10, 11, and 12, because on the one hand, it sounds like the subject of it is it's about how people are praising God. But on the other hand, it also sounds like that um, there are elements of it itself is a praise of God. Like when, when he said that all your works gratefully acknowledge you, that means that everything in Rudoxa, that means that everything in the universe is designed with Chachma. And the fact that all creatures are provided for is itself a praise of God. Like it's like we said, like we gave the analogy, I don't know if you heard that day, but the, um, like he was trying to say that uh, this is from a different parak of Hashemayim Masapim Kvotel, that the heavens declare the work of, of uh, the glory of God. So he gave two interpretations. The first one is people study the heavens and then people recognize the Chachma in the heavens, and then they praise God. The second interpretation is the motion of the heavens is so perfect that it's as if it praises God itself. Meaning like if you show someone a, a piece of artwork and you say, I'm not gonna say anything, like let, it speaks for itself. So it, it's praising God itself. So you can say that same move here, um, that on the one hand, it is describing the Hasidim, the people who study Masabrashis all the time, praising God based on his works. On the other hand, it's also describing the perfection of the works themselves. Right. right. So this, what I'm thinking here, and this is, uh, 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 I, don't, I don't know. So we were bothered by the fact that there's this break in the blue theme with the, uh, with the yellow. You know, like it, it starts off on the yellow theme from one through seven, goes to the blue and it switches back to the yellow for a little while and then goes back to the to the blue. So there's this move that we've seen in other Prokim where we you got a green theme. Okay. Green theme is when you have a blend of the two. Okay, right. So this is a blend of the two because on the one hand, like I just said, on the one hand, it is describing people's relationship to the, the creation and praising God based on it. On the other hand, it's describing the perfection of the creation itself. Right. 
So now in light of that, what is 12 saying? <laughs> to, oh, sorry, not 12. Uh, third, sorry. Oh, hold on. I just, I, I, I messed this one up. Uh, I was using the wrong numbers. Hold on. Eight and nine go together, right? And then 10, 11, and 12 are going together. Oh, so this now our question is, what is 13 doing? Lahodia leaving out, sorry. Um, is that a continuation of the blended theme of uh see there's something missing from 13 which is present in 10 11 and 12 which is 13 doesn't say anything about people praising god right so that's what that's what led us to initially um categorize it as part of the blue theme of just talking about the greatness of god's kingdom you know right so what is shot in why is that a, a, a good or a special thing? The fact that God's Mahus is forever and his dominion is from generation to generation. And I think if it helps, you can compare it. You could pull Chazal's move and compare it to a Mahus Basar Vadam, to a human kingship. Well, I mean, it shows the perfection. Yes. How's that? Of God, more in the sense that it remains as opposed to where it doesn't have the usual what happens to the kingdom. Right. Falls apart. Exactly. Right. So all human kingships fall apart because humans are mortal and they're fallible and they're in competition. But if you are the one who is the source of the Bria, so then that kingship is not going to fall apart. Because, you know, it's, there's no competition there and you're not mortal, right? All right, so let's see now what the Radak does with it. Um, hold on. I mean, yeah, it does sound like a, just a praise. Yeah, it does. And it could be that that, right, it, it could be that that is the segue. We noted also that after 13, it goes into all the very, very, very particular praises. And it's weird because these particular praises are not very kingly Praises, you know, in the sense that, like, up until now, we had God's characterization as king of Aramimcha, Elokai Hamelech, and then Malchus, Malchus, Malchus. Kings don't support the fallen and straighten the bent. Kings don't, um, you know, uh, hand out food, right? You know, so uh, was it usually? usually yeah. So I, I, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how thirteen transitions in fourteen. So let's see what the Redox says on thirteen. Redox says Malchuscha. Uh, so he says, Ina Kamahus Ben Adam. Oh, there you go. Oh, hey, there, that's exactly what we said. <laughs> it's not like a Malchus of, of a human being, Shish Lahevzak, that has, uh, uh, that ceases, right? That is uh, interrupted. Obuchayab, Obamosa, either in his life, it gets taken away, or when he dies. God's Malchus has no um, uh, cessation, no interruption. His Malchus is the Malchus of all, uh, you know, for all time. Ratzlomer Kolazmani, meaning all times. So it's interesting. He's not saying it's eternal. He means it's like in each and every time for people, because I think he's trying to match it up with the second half. And he says, in fact, and it repeated the idea in, in the same words. Um, or sorry, in different words for the second oh, half. Okay. So I was just thinking of that in the wrong side. I was thinking on the, as far as like the, like Claudius Roll side, but this is the same word, just not Shem's. Right. The sovereignship. Right. Yeah. And we also noted that, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to say this. Because, uh, oh, Isaiah did tell me he's not going to be here. That's why. Okay. I remember because I, I, I told him, I'll tell him this on Shabbos. 
because he's not going to be here on Tuesday. So we had an idea. Is it, I'm, this, we're going to interrupt here for uh, uh, a, a, a larger idea. Okay, so we had done Prakim 146 through 150, okay, like after Ashray. One of the things that 146 through 150 all have in common is they interweave the themes of talking about praising God as the creator and then also talking about Klai at the time of Yimosa Mashiach, Okay. The thing that we notice in Ashrei is Ashrei never once mentions um, Klai Yisrael at all. Okay, there's no mention at all of Klai Yisrael. It's all about just all the creations or all of human beings or the righteous and the wicked, right? Like you've got the um, uh, the only pe- the specific groups of people that you could say allude to Klai Yisrael if, if you're saying that uh, is in, specific. yeah, is in, what, what are the Pesukim here? In uh, 20, right? Uh, is that he he uh, protects all those who uh, his loved ones, right, and uh, all the wicked he will destroy. So you could say that that alludes to Klal and the Radak did want to say that all of Pesukim de Zimra is about Klal at the time of Mashiach, but the undeniably the, the Pesukim don't say it. Okay, so here's the theory that we were trying to say is that, um, uh, and we're not sure about it in particular, but like you can frame Klal in many different ways. Right, like you can say in um, in uh, you know the you know certain places they're they're free, they're they're portrayed as a nation of justice, you know. Other times as a uh, you know as you know a nation of few people. So we were what we were wondering is like is Ashray there to set up what the national identity is that is being carried through in the rest of the Prakim. In other words, since the rest of the Prakim deal with the fact that in the time of Yimosa Mashiach, the thing that we'll finally be able to do is everyone will be able to recognize God's sovereignty over the creation. And that will come about through the Yudhiyah Hashem that is in Kal Yisrael. So maybe 145 is some, I don't, we don't we know how, somehow setting the stage for that, you know, by the fact that the Redox says this is about Yimosa Mashiach and Kal Yisrael, but it doesn't say anything about it. Right. somehow like setting up like a national identity thing, but I don't know. <laughs> Needs work, but, uh, like a introduction or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it is. In, I mean, he does say it is an introduction. Um, it's funny. The only puzzle that would mention Klai which doesn't is Redox says in the Drasha that the Nun is missing because, uh, that alludes to the downfall of Israel. You know, we, our interpretation of that was that if this is about Yemosa Mashiach, then, that is no longer going to be a concern that there will be downfall of Israel. So it's like by omission, it's alluding to the fact that, that, you know, this is the established, you know, uh, identity of Israel. Okay. So let's do this again. Let's continue with the plan and prepare for, um, just go through a couple more episodes just to get the, the shot and then we'll work on the ideas next time. Okay. So now we transition into, so that was the puzzle that we skipped right now, actually, it's good that we mentioned that. So we skipped the none. Then we go to Okay, so this is a problematic possibly in my opinion. Uh, so Hashem supports all the fallen and he straightens all the bent. Yeah. Uh, so the problem with it is it sounds like it's saying that all people who fall, Hashem supports, yeah, and all people who are bent, then Hashem straightens, but that's that's not true, right? So the question is, what does it mean, <laughs> right? And you know, you could you could have like clever ways to read it. 
of like all those who fall and are supported, then the support is from Hashem and all those who, uh, you know, but it's a force read, you know? And that's not a force read inherently. In other words, like when we say in the Brachos HaShachar, you know, and you say that according to Chazal, when you, um, when you uh, um, stand up, right. Um, then, and if you didn't stand up, you wouldn't say it. That's like how the Halakha set up with the Brachos HaShachar, you know? So there you could say, it means that my ability to stand up comes from Hashem. That's true. But the problem is, is cold is all, you know? And see, this isn't even a problem, um, just to skip ahead, I mean, um, with Poseh Chazitech must be you know, like that's another question that I've, I've, I've heard people ask before of like, you know, what do you mean? Does that mean that the, the, there's no creatures who are starving? You know, there, because you're in the framework of, um, of uh, how Hashem relates to all creatures, I think it is more open to an idea that like within the ecosystem, God provides for every species to get what it needs. You know, it doesn't mean that you won't have an individual animal that starves, you know, even though it says coal, but that's my question here is like, like how, you know, we want to take it as literally as possible and only deviate from the literal interpretation when we're forced to, um, and to the extent that we're forced to. So the question is how, how forced are we here? Well, can't figure out what Nelson. Right, that's also true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's a good point. Yes, that's a good point. So let me actually just go to another parak for a second because we did see something. I don't know if this is going to be relevant, but we did see this in one of the later programs of Pesukah de Zimra. Hold on. Um, Where was it? It was in the one with the uh, ravens, I think. Uh, maybe it wasn't. Well, okay, this is something similar. That um, in 147, then he talks about the brokenhearted and the uh, anavim, the lowly, and um, the sukim were very vague about that. But then the Mafar, the Radak said that that is talking, or I don't know if it was the Radak in the area, I forgot who we were doing there then it says that that was reverence to the Jews, right? That they were low in the, you know, during, in the time in the, when we're in Galos and then God raises them up. So I, you're, you're right. There is a possibility that this is not literally like fallen people. And in fact, if you go with that Radak about the omission, the omitted Pasuk stands to reason, right? Cause the, what's the omitted Pasuk? If you look at the, on the first page, um, then when the Radak quotes the Chazal, uh, he says in his Hakdama left side, uh, the Puskan Amos. So uh, you see footnote four in the text? Over here, footnote four for Zal. Yeah. So that's Darshu Rosin Zal. So the, the Radak says, we don't know why there's no Nun. They include the Drasha. Why is there no Nun? Because it, it, that talks about the downfall of Israel. As it says in Amos, So the, um, the, uh, the uh, version of Israel has, has fallen and she can't get up, right? Um, so it would stand to reason based. So again, based on the drasha, and the Radak was very clear that this is just a drasha. But based on the drasha, at least, 
the the fallen entity that we're talking about here is Klal Yisrael. Like that's what the pasuk that was omitted right before this talks about. So it's possible that the Somech Hashem L'chol and Nofim also talks about Klal Yisrael. And if that's about Klal Yisrael, you could say that Zokev Kulkufim is like that also. Maybe, I guess if this is saying in the time of Mashiach. Yeah. Then this is after the time. Right, that's so true. Then he's straightening them all then. Okay, that's good. Okay, so let's let's hope that, that someone says that. Okay, let's look at the Radak. Somech Hashem. Okay, Nofim V'Kufim. V'him Ha'aniyim. These are the poor Hamarudim, uh, like the oppressed poor. Who Barachmav Aleim Somech V'Zokev Osam. God in his his mercy on them supports them and straightens them. Like it says in Halal, from the dust heap he raises the the impoverished and he uh, establishes them with nobles. Okay, so no luck there. He does not say it's about Kalei. So I I just want to see if anyone does say that. Um, because if no one says that, then that means we're totally off base. If someone says that, then at least there's, uh, there's, you know, <laughs> yeah, so what does that mean? Even in what's saying there? Oh yeah. We're going to have to go back and figure out what the doc. Yeah. 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 That, that, that so seems that to walk right into my problem. Poor people, yeah. You always get better. Right. Okay. So the Ibn Ezra says, Somech, V'chol Melech Zeh, Okay, so other kings, so he's connecting to the kingship thing. He says, kings, this king will um, will bring down some people and lift up other people. This king will support some people and cause others to fall. And no king can support everybody, but God supports everybody. See, so that idea, okay, so that idea, I, you know, hmm. I was going to say that in the same way that I said with that if you're talking on a systemic level, then I'm comfortable saying that he does it for everybody, which doesn't mean every single particular. It means as a whole, you know, and since the Radak connects us to the Mahus thing of all creations, then I'm more comfortable with that. It's a lot harder with humans though. All right, let's see. Um, uh, who else? Meiri is another go-to one. Uh, so that doesn't really explain that much. He just says he gives them a hand to support them and to help them. Okay, that's even more ambiguous or more unknown. Let's see, let's see, let's David. So they don't reach the earth, meaning he, okay, so he's learning Somech like he catches them from falling. Or like make sure that they don't like hit the ground, like they're on their way down. He he catches them. So kfufi means those people who are already um, on the ground. So in other words, he he so he's he's learning that both of these have to do with the fallen people who are on their way to falling. God prevents them from hitting the ground, and people who have fallen, he helps them up. He he puts them up That's right somewhere in like uh, like the sins or something. He doesn't say what it's about. I mean, and that's kind of Mitzvah's David style. He doesn't say what it pertains to. That's what I'm confused because one's saying like poor, which is a totally different thing. Right. Yeah. The other Mepharshim were much more yeah, specific. One's like spiritually. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Sforno also doesn't help. But, oh, he does. Look what he says. Somech Hashem Gam Shem Noflim Begalos. Okay, so someone someone takes our approach, right? Who you sound him Okay, so and he's connected to the Redox theme also of um, 
that when they have fallen in exile, then God uh, supports them in the in gathering of exiles. And then Zokif Chol Kufim, he says, means that oh. So he goes very specific that this is talking about uh, specific events at the Yimosh Mashiach is the war of Gog and Magog. And he um, he leads them upright. Okay, fine. All right, so that so that would answer. So okay, just to, to to explain why I'm drawn to that approach, even though we have to still analyze the Radak, is if we're going with Chazal's drasha that Nun is omitting the downfall of Israel, and if the entire thing is about Yimus Mashiach, and if it's not literally true that Hashem Somech lechol noflim, the people who are literally fallen, so then you could say that this is about supporting the fallen of Israel at the time you know, uh, of redeeming them for Melch Mashiach. And then again, that also, I don't know if the Sforno transitions from there into Kufmen Vav, but since Kufmen Vav is about like the entire Mashiach thing, so then it's possible that um, that this is the beginning of the transition. In other words, all of, um, well, we haven't learned the Sforno on the other, the other prior Pesukim though. Oh, so no, no. So he does say that the prior psukim is still about the nation. So this would be when you would transition from talking about the nation, to, uh, sorry, talking about, um, let me say that again. What, the earlier psukim do talk about God's relationship with nature, and then this would be the transition to God talking about his relationship with the Jewish people. Right. Um, I do think now that I, I remember, um, he does, he, he is talking, he, he does take the same approach that uh, the others take to talk about God's relationship with nature and these other things. Okay, let's do um, the next one. Oh, so no, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's leave the redact for now. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll we'll work on that when we have the rest of this year. <laughs> um, need, need more minds. Okay, The eyes of all look towards you with hope. I think that's what we said. It translates to because the Matudas Sion says Yisabiru is inya tikva, right? So they look towards you, hopefully. Um, and you give them their food in its time. And then that is related to you open your hand and satisfy the raton of each living thing. So if we are going to take this, if we're going to take Samach to be about Kla Yisrael, so then now we're back into the difficulty because Tesvav and Tesayim do seem to be about all of creation. Right. right? Then, so it would be nice to say, that Samech is about all of creation also, because then you have the entire thing about being about all creation. I mean, I guess if it's about nature, then in the first part, yeah, that is the transition, but it's also like, I don't know how it connects to the mouth. It just kind of changes. Right. Other things. And then it's like not relating as people. Right. Which, yeah, then it would fit. Depending on whatever... The definition you give it, yeah. Not so actually this is what I call in uh, in in. I usually use this term for Mishle, like in an individual Mishle puzzle, but in telling a Rubik's cube problem where you flip it one way to make a consistent theme, and then it makes something else go out of order, and then you have to like you know work it to try to see unity. Okay, so let's, so um, this I think is not difficult. That it is true that in nature, then all creations. Let's leave humans aside for a second, because I mean humans do this also. But in nature, all creatures expect their food, like that's what they're instinctually programmed to do, and they get it right. They get the food that they need, and it's must be in the sense that like it is enough for them to to survive and thrive. Again, okay, maybe not on an individual level, but on a, on a species level. Okay, and it's abundant. It's must be a little higher tone. 
Um, so let's see what the doc says here. And then, oh, we're actually done for now. I didn't realize we we're over time. Uh, actually, you went, yeah, let's let's actually stop here. Uh, uh, I don't want to rush through it. So let's stop here. And then the plan for next time will be to um, figure out the Malchus triplicate psukim, how, what's the unity there, and then understand how the Radak takes Samech to be about literal, you know, what do you say, poor people? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, good. We did make progress. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.